Welcome to Intuitive Wellness, a podcast where I, Samara, and my partner, Lali, talk about relating to our bodies, identities, and oppressive systems, and share the tools that are working for us and our guests. This show is for witchy, introspective activists who struggle with trying to heal all the shit in their lives and in the world. If you believe that healing yourself is activism, you're in the right place. Hello everyone, I'm so excited to present our guest today, Sarita Fontanesi, she, her. Sarita supports Black women and femmes by disrupting the systems that oppress them. She is known as a change maker because of her ability to advocate for marginalized communities, build coalitions, and lead organizations. By making subtle changes that have a big impact, Sarita is able to help the whole community thrive. Sarita recently received her master's in social work from the University of Southern California, focusing on social change and innovation. Sarita has a unique insight into how the personal becomes political, which she incorporates in all of her work. Welcome, Sarita. Yay, I am so excited to be reunited with Sarita. Sarita and I met after we were teaching tarot for holisticism, and I cannot wait to share her with you. So Sarita, just to start us off, feel free to tell the people who you are and anything that you are excited about. Um, yeah, hi, uh, my name is Sarita Fontanesi. Um, it's a lot of vowels. Um, I am in my, I guess, day life, uh, the executive director of an organization called Emerge Texas. Um, we support or recruit, train and support and empower um, democratic self-identified women to run for office and win. Um, and in my non- I guess like traditional nine to five, that's what we'll call it. Um, I read tarot, um, I read the Akashic Records. Uh, I do a lot of stuff. I like gotten really into Reiki and was doing like healing modalities. Um, so yeah, just consider myself a, a mystic witch uh, and that's about it. That's awesome, thank you so much. It's so, I don't think I knew about your work with um, Engage Texas. So that's kind of surprising to me. And then to also combine that with, um, I don't know, not, not many people would see that connection between that and like the witchy part, but how did you start working on like the, the mystical practice? Yeah, um, so I like have always sort of been like into astrology and just like the concept of life outside of like how we know it, if that makes any sense. Um, and when I was probably about 22, 23, I like went through, I did outpatient treatment for an eating disorder, um, and was just sort of having this big reckoning moment (laughs) of like doing my own like personal healing and facing traumas that I hadn't faced like my entire life and gotten really good at like hiding and running from. Um, and so, yeah, it was just at this really crucial moment where I sort of had to choose, like, do I want to, I mean, not to be like super bleak in the first five minutes, but it was sort of like, do I want to be alive or not? And like, if I'm going to be alive, like, what does that mean? Like, how can I do that in a way that is, is safe and is also like supportive and not, you know, destroying myself like I was in my eating disorder. So I like went through treatment, did a lot of therapy and like, like traditional, like, uh, like talk therapy and healing and that, and had gotten to a point where 
I was functioning for sure. And like, wasn't like deep, 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 deep in my depression anymore. Like I at least started to get to a place where I could like think about the possibilities of what the world could be, Um, but was feeling really stuck. Like I was sort of like, I don't know. I just show up to therapy. We talk about some fucked up shit. I cry. Sorry. Can I cuss? I should have asked. Okay. Great, 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 great. (laughs) Um, I should have asked that. Um, You know, like I show up to therapy. We like talk about some fucked up shit. And I cry and then I go home and think about the fucked up shit and then figure out how to not think about it in a healthier way and then do it again next week. Like, like I just sort of felt like I was like in this weird pattern where I was like, I'm not, not healing, but I also don't really feel like I'm like moving forward in any way. Um, and so I talked to a friend, um, that had had some similar experiences and was like, you know, like, how do you, how are you living? How do you survive? Um, and she recommended, uh, this woman in LA, her name's Kat Barker. Um, Kat does Akashic readings and cranial sacral, which for folks who don't know, cranial sacral is like a really intense form of energy healing. Um, and literally a person is just putting their hand, one hand on like the base of your neck, like, and then the other hand and like the small of your back. And somehow it just like fucks up your soul (laughs) and like, (laughs) like every like deep hidden emotion, like just comes to the surface and it's like, what are we going to process today? (laughs) Um, and as, and for folks who don't know Akashic records, uh, I describe it as like the history of your soul. So past life stuff can come up, but also current life stuff. It's an opportunity to talk to your spirit, like team, like the whole like entity of the the mystical beings that support you and guide you. Um, And so we did that in our first session. Um, I went from like zero to a hundred, which is very classic me. And it was like deeply moving. Like I, like, I don't, I don't think I've ever cried like that before. Um, but also just like the stuff that came up, I mean, Kat's like an incredible practitioner. And then also just, I think it literally like switched on like my own personal magic. And I was sort of, was just like, I have to learn everything about this. I want to know, I want to know it all. You know, I'm an Aquarius rising. So I was like, we got to go deep. Like mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I want to go hard. I want to go fast. Like, let's do it. So like I worked with Kat some more just as a client. And then I ended up doing some training with her, learning how to read the Akashic records and do cranial sacral. Um, I loved and still love doing Akashic readings. I like, they are so much, it's such a wild experience for me as a practitioner. Like I truly feel like I'm in like a whole other world. Um, Cranial sacral, I love being a client. It was really hard as a practitioner for me. Um, You know, maybe if I went back to it now, it might be different, but I did not have the energetic boundaries that I needed to like hold space for someone and not allow it to to move something in me as well. Um, and now we're both just like babies on the table. Like, you know, that's not like a good facilitator. Um, but yeah, so that was a very long answer to like how I got into this. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm listening to this, like, I don't know if it's trend that I, I see in you because I see in me, um, but this like 
this thing that someone did for me really helped me. And now I want to learn how to do it for other people. And so I'm just going to teach myself everything. And I don't know if it's for me or other people at this point, but it's helping me and now it can help others. Um, is that like something that you have seen in yourself in other ways or? Um... Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's kind of how I got into like political work also and like getting into activism of, you know, I saw other leaders in my community and like both I, so I'm originally from Houston um, and then moved to New Mexico and then moved to Los Angeles. And now I'm back in Texas and Austin. Um, so like in my physical community saw leaders, like I come from a long line of like radical folks. Like my great grandfather was the first black principal in the town that he lived in. And my grandma still lives in. And I lived in for a little bit. The school across the street from our house that he helped build is named after him. So like, uh, yeah, like very casual stuff. Um, uh, so, you know, and then like my grandma is his daughter. She is still a teacher, a middle school teacher. She's been a middle school teacher for most of my life. Um, and is like totally that teacher that is like a hard ass, but like with a heart of gold and like, like they'll crack jokes and stuff, but also like, don't cross them. Um, <laughs> And, and like seeing just like, you know, she, every year we're like, you have to retire, you have to retire, you have to retire. And every year she's like, Serena, if I retire, some of these kids will never get the help that they need. Mm -hmm. And like, that's such a heavy fucking thing to carry. Like she's 78. She has no business teaching. <laughs> it's a pandemic. Like, I can't even, I can't get into it. That's for me and my therapist. But like, <laughs> but like her, her thing totally is she is like, I, I'm an advocate for people who either can't advocate for themselves, don't know how to advocate for themselves, aren't sure that they can advocate for themselves. And so like that was really modeled for me my entire life. And so, yeah, this idea of, well, something worked for me. So I'm going to learn a bunch about it and see if I can use it to help other people like feels very much a part of like who I am and like the way that I just process and see the world. And so yeah, like I was needing some help in my healing and found something that really worked for me. And that, and that was also how I stumbled into tarot, wanting to like discover different other parts of, of myself and in my healing um, and was like, oh, whoa, like this was really revolutionary for me. And I got to learn about myself in such a like such a, a way that fe finally felt really, really accessible for me. Like I've I love therapy. I go every other week. We enjoy, we have a great time. Um, but I fully understand and recognize that therapy isn't for, it literally isn't accessible to everyone. And also when you're deep in, in hurt and pain and trauma and whatever it is, it can feel really inaccessible emotionally just because of you, where you are and aren't. And so tarot and, and Akashic records and Reiki and all like all of these different mystical practices that I like got into allowed me to feel to kind of like fill the gap 
allowed me to do the self-exploration that my therapist was asking me to do that I couldn't quite figure out how to do in therapy, but then be able to bring that back to her and be like, Hey, so like, this is what I figured out from like, I had a therapist that I would like bring my tarot readings into like all the time and be like, well, this is what like I learned and what came up. And she was like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but it is interesting that you said you're like struggling with like power and control and because the devil came up. Mm -hmm. Uh, and because like, this is how power and control has been playing out for you and you're, and you know, and then we like get into like talk therapy. Um, so yes, again, long, long answer, uh, of yeah, totally, uh, resonate with this idea of, well, this worked for me. So maybe if I learn a lot about it and share it with others, it will work for them as well. I love that. Okay, so this is actually putting things together for me in my head. I do have a clarifying question that might only be something I'm interested in, but um, so you have a master's in social work and I was not sure if you were a micro practitioner or if you were like macro. It seems as if macro, but if you would like to clarify that for my own trivial, <laughs> trivial knowledge. <laughs> No, totally. Yeah. So a macro practitioner, um, I did a macro course study at USC because um, I was really interested in like community organizing and advocacy um, mm -hmm. rather than one-on-one -on -one client work, which is funny that like I do like one-on-one -on -one readings with people and like <laughs> do like one-on-one like, one -on -one work still shows up in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking because I know... Um, we took, Lali and I both took your tarot for shadow work class that you taught with holisticism. And from that, I got very, I felt like you, even though it was a group, I really felt like very seen and comforted and like I was being directly spoken to. And so I was like, if you are a micro practitioner, that is, that was what I initially thought. Mm -hmm. So thank you for clarifying that. Thank um, you. That's so sweet. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was beautiful. It was like, it's very clear that this other person is here and that I'm watching this on a projector, but I really feel like you are talking to me about, <laughs> about my life. <laughs> so I just appreciate you for that. Okay, as far as the, the regularly scheduled programming, we did want to know how you managed to integrate all of your magic and your witchiness into your activism, which is just a question that we generally have for all people who, who are doing this. Yeah, yeah, I love that question. Um, and I feel like it's been coming up a lot lately in like my personal practice, like how do I talk about myself? Like I've only been in this executive director role for not even two months yet. Um, mm -hmm. And so like, this is the, the first time that I am in a position where I am, well, I shouldn't say the first time, but it is maybe like the biggest time that I'm in a position where like, I personally am so forward uh, of like in like the Texas political zeitgeist, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but, and so like having to really think about like, well, who am I and how do I want to be perceived? And how do I, like, what do I want people to know about me? And what do I want to keep private for myself? And like mm -hmm. navigating all of that and realizing that I thought my magic was something that I wanted to keep very personal and private and realizing that it can be personal and for the greater community. Like the, the fact that it is mine, that I do it in my way, in my style, like that's what makes it personal. And there's still private aspects of my practice that like are for me and like my immediate folks and like my 
community, my intimate community. Mm-hmm. But I realized that like part of part of what's very, very frustrating about politics and like just like regular, regular, not even like activism, just like clout chasing is really what I think of it as of like people using like buzzwords and like just being really loud and vocal on a subject, but not necessarily saying anything of substance. (laughs) (laughs) We all know. Um, I mean, that in and of itself is frustrating, but what's also frustrating is like, it just feels so impersonal and so like formulaic and just like oh, well, you get a bunch of people to sign a petition, you send a petition to a person, and then that's it. (laughs) Maybe that person reads it. Maybe they make one small change in their policy. I think that's the other thing is because of macro social work, I do so much policy work. Like, Mm -hmm. I know how these dummies play. (laughs) (laughs) These people who aren't really for us. And so my magic comes in in that a, I believe in holistic organizing and holistic advocacy. And for me, that means we these are human beings whose lives are on the line. If we don't do our jobs, if we don't give people the tools and the resources that they need, people die. Like, yeah. and wow, I'm really just getting dark today. It. It's that end of the year Pisces, like <laughs> deep in the water. Um, but yeah, like we're, we're dealing with real people. It's not just like, oh, like my bill didn't get passed or, oh, the person I liked didn't get elected. It's like, there's no longer someone advocating for a whole swath of people and good luck surviving. And so if we remember to humanize the issues and humanize the work that we do, then the work becomes so much more powerful and transformative instead of transactional. And like, that is magic to me. Like that feels magical of the moment where you get to work with a community member and like help teach them like how to submit a public comment and then get to see them give some public comment at community community council meeting uh, or city council meeting, sorry. Like that feels really magical. And so I think for me, like the same feeling that I get reading tarot is a very similar feeling that I get like helping someone get excited about running for school board or like it's the same kind of excitement that like I get when I get to like talk about like Texas's electric grid and like why it's fucked like like that is like equally exciting for me and so once I realized that like those things felt the same then I was like I can't really separate them because it's it's all magic like it's all for me like that's all magic and so if I'm going to be vocal about this magic of activism which is maybe a more it's not even that acceptable like people don't like activists like people don't <laughs> like people aren't nice to them like community leaders aren't out here like oh yeah everyone's so kind to me i've never had anything thrown at me or a slur set like you know like <laughs> and so similarly like witches aren't treated nicely like i know it's very trendy and cool to be a witch now but like <laughs> you <Yeah>. know <laughs> we're here yeah like those of us that have like been here for a minute uh and even if you like this isn't like any shade to like new witches it's just like there's the urban outfitters witches and then there's the like I had to go get graveyard dirt witches like they're two different (laughs) vibes (laughs) (laughs) and so like for me like 
that like both of those things feel the same. Like I am some type of outsider or other in both of those roles. And then add in the fact that I'm a black woman and like, like I've never fit in. Like I've never, like I've never been the like standard or the norm, whatever. So like once I started to realize like, oh, I feel the same in a good way. I feel the same doing these types, these different types of things. So that means I can't really separate them. If they feel this, if it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's still a duck. <laughs> like <laughs> I can't pretend like one is and one is. So I think that was what allowed me to really accept and embrace like, all right, this is, this is all part of me. And this is all part of my witchiness and my activism and my own personal healing and work and what I feel like is my purpose for now, you know, that's always changing. Like, <laughs> um, and so realizing that those all were the same, that it sort of became really obvious and easy to integrate them because really it wasn't even integrating. It was like, oh, let me just remove these like barriers and filters that I put up for myself, trying to separate stuff that didn't need to be separated. Do you have a follow-up question? Because I do, but I want to... No, <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I know that, like, I asked the follow-up question most recently, so I don't know. The co-facilitation of a podcast is a very delicate... <laughs> very delicate <laughs> with someone who will continue to be in your life after you... <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. You don't get to go away after this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, okay. I... This is, like, really, really resonating with me because I... Okay. Let me figure out my question. I have one question, which I will ask, but then I'm going to give context for the question. Okay. Perfect. So you keep mentioning that it feels the same. Like the feeling you get is the same. If you could name that feeling, what would that feeling be that is the same? The reason I'm asking is because I was in a similar field to you, it seems. I was in city planning and when I started to offer more of my witchiness to the world, I immediately became apathetic about city planning. Like I was like, there is nothing for me here. And all of these people are spinning their wheels about solutions that are not going to work. And I just became so like, like apathy is the only word that was the most extreme apathy I had ever experienced. And it was like such a quick change. And it just feels so interesting to hear your experience. And that kind of helps me in a way that makes me feel like, okay, I don't need to continue gaslighting myself about the way that I had my, like, I don't know, the way that my life has gone. But I would love to know what that feeling is, if you could name it. Yeah, uh, I will try. Um, I mean, one, don't gaslight yourself. I actually was talking to someone about this today. Like the way we gaslight ourselves, do you know how manipulative I could be if I could gaslight other people the way I gaslight myself? Oh. Like, <laughs> wow. Whew, it would be a different world is all I'm saying. Um, but back to your actual question. Um, yeah, it's funny that you say that because the way that you're talking about city planning is the way that I felt like about policy specifically. Like I thought I was gonna like 
focus on policy and write policy and like Mm. go to the Capitol and like be like maybe a lobbyist or something and like just talk about policy all day. And then I was like, this fucking sucks. (laughs) Like, I'm so bored. All of this is written in a way to never actually be helpful. It's so clunky. Like, I hate this. (laughs) This is not fun for me. And so like stepped away from it for like a hot minute, even though I was still in grad school and was like, I mean, I guess I still have to do this, but I was like teaching. I uh, started working at a women's uh, recovery home uh, for women who were recovering from eating disorders and substance abuse and doing like holistic practices with them. Like I would do yoga and Reiki and we talk about tarot and like, I like, I would always joke. I'd be like, you guys are my future coven. Like, like, right here. This is the future I want. Um, But because I was like, I was so uninspired by policy work and had tried to bully myself, gaslight myself into our career around policy work. And then uh, when we decided, my husband and I decided that we wanted to move to Texas from LA, was looking for work and found the job that I was doing uh, before this. I was at the Texas Democratic Party as the Black constituency organizer. So like no small task was to organize all of the 1.2, almost 1.5 million registered black voters in Texas, get them coordinated and ready to vote and support black candidates up and down the ballot as one person. Um, Burnout is real. And I like, I was, I just did not do anything between November and starting this job back in like February because burnout's real. But um, answering your question, I, in doing that work as, as hard as it was and as difficult as it was at times and overwhelming as it was at times, I started to realize that it wasn't that policy was boring and I hated it and was apathetic about it. It was that I was really apathetic about the ways in which we traditionally talk about policy and the ways in which we traditionally engage communities, not even just communities of color, just like non-poli-sci, cis-het white dudes. Like, <laughs> if I never have to deal with another one again, it'll be too soon. I already know I have to deal with it. <laughs> so I guess it's too soon. Anyways, um, just the way that we were doing all of that and this really traditional, boring, like very clunky, gross way, I was like, oh, that's what I'm actually apathetic about. I'm not apathetic about like getting to talk about, because I did, especially in LA, I did a ton of work with folks experiencing homelessness. I was like, I'm not apathetic about talking to people about the housing crisis in LA and why like people keep getting tricked into voting against their own best interest and how that happens. And like, like that, I'm actually very passionate and excited about. What I am bored with is the fact that I have to bully the city planner for two weeks to get him to finally take one 30 minute meeting with me where he will just talk over me the whole time <laughs> mm-hmm. and nothing will get done. Yes. <laughs> that I'm very apathetic about. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what I realized again, doing that type of work alongside my own magic, magical practice, whether it was for others or for myself, the, it, to actually answer your question, <laughs> the, the feeling that I felt was I don't even know if I can put it into words. It's like almost outer body. Like there's, there's a little bit of 
this is going to sound really heady and I just have to say it. Like, it's almost like I could feel my whole like system, like elevating itself mm. and like stepping into some type of like divineness that I didn't feel when I had to write a convincing piece of legislature that I didn't feel. And by convincing, I mean, it was boring enough that it wouldn't get flagged, but did one mildly incremental thing. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and again, this is no shade to the people who do that because someone has to do that work because that is the system that we have right now. And until it's gone, we got to figure out our ways to get in where we fit in. And so I want to be clear that if that is, if that is your thing, God bless you. And you have all of my support because it's not my thing and it's not me. Um, even in activism, like I would talk a lot about how there are multiple lanes on the highway of progress and on the highway of transformation. And the goal is not to go across all 12 lanes. You're a shitty driver when you do that. <laughs> it happens. I've done it. I'm not going to pretend like <laughs> I'm not pretend like that hasn't been me. <laughs> like, oh no, that's my exit. But like the, the goal, the success, success looks like staying in your lane and doing it really well. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't mean that in some type of like pigeon holding way of like, Oh, you can only do this one thing. Of course, change lanes when you need to change lanes. If this lane's not working for you and that means you can't do it well. So change lanes, that's fine. As long as we're all moving towards this common goal of like making our communities safer, of making our communities healthier, just like bettering our, the collective ourselves and the collective then whatever lane you pick that's great lean into that lane <laughs> double down on that lane and so i think yeah like it again it's been a journey to realize like oh my lane is this gray area of of magic and political activism but recognizing and realizing that political activism is magical and magic has to be political to be true and authentic. And so the, the more that I lean into that, taking my own advice, <laughs> then the more like authentic I feel, the more like I'm not, whenever like I'm doing like those workshops, like I, or like those trainings, like I'm really excited to be doing it. Like there isn't that like moment before I started like, oh no, like this is happening, right? Like I said, I would do this thing. And now the time has come that I have to do the thing. Yeah. Like that doesn't happen. I'm like, fuck yeah, the time has finally come. I have been waiting for this. Like I, most of my chart is in Leo. So like this <laughs> is not a virtue. <laughs> Um, I'm an aggressive Leo with like a cap stellium, a Capricorn stellium. So like, it's very hard for me also. to wait my turn. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> it's very hard. And so it's like, when that enthusiasm is there, then I know like, that's like a really good indicator of like, oh, this is a thing that I want to be doing. Like, this is, this is the thing for right now. And when the feeling of like, ugh, like, okay, yeah, no, I said I'd do it. So I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to follow through, but like, I'm not stoked about it. Like that is usually a good indicator of like, so maybe this isn't it. Like we are going to do it because we said we do it, but like, let's remember this moment when something like this comes up again. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. 
Well, I mean, you already know I'm a Leo sun and moon and Lely has a stellium in Capricorn. So you actually are both of us. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> this is magical. Okay. I don't even, where do you want to go from here? We have like, we could just do a hard pivot onto one of the questions we've written or we could carry on in this direction. Do you have a strong preference either way? I don't have a strong preference. <laughs> I'm open. <laughs> I, I want to ask you about shadow work and what it means to you yeah. and how it relates to all of this that you're talking about. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know when this happened, but like, I'm obsessed with shadow work. <laughs> I don't know when it happened. I don't know how it happened. I like was actually reflecting on this recently of like, wow, you talk about this a lot. Like not even in like a, like, teacher leader kind of way just like in my everyday life of like oh yeah like shadow work you gotta you gotta face it um <laughs> so uh I guess to start for folks who may not know shadow work uh at its simplest is the unconscious exploring our unconscious I like to think of it as the way it differentiates from unconscious like I had a weird dream uh into like oh this is something that I want to actively engage with is that it's the parts of ourselves that we try really hard to hide, the parts of ourselves that we don't necessarily like, the parts of ourselves that we are scared of, that we just don't want to engage with for whatever reason. Um, and I, I mean, I think part of why I have become obsessed with shadow work is it is, it is so necessary when you are on a healing journey, wherever you are at, to at least acknowledge your shadow. Like the first step is acknowledging that it's there, that we all have one. No one is so, no one on earth is so evolved that they don't have a shadow. And if they tell you that they're a liar and or a cult leader. I want to that. <laughs> <laughs> Nervous by anyone who's like, what shadow? Oh. Um, but realizing that the only way that I get to enjoy myself is if I stop being mean to myself. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I'm mean to myself is because there's this shadow that I keep trying to avoid. Mm -hmm. Like every time I am working on something, I'm like, Ugh, like, I'm so dumb. Like, how did I do that? Why did I do that? Like, that's actually my shadow coming up and saying like, failure is scary. Not even failure, just doing something wrong is scary. Doing something wrong is scary because at some point we believed we did something wrong that caused us harm when actually it was someone else's choice, right? Mm -hmm. The lies that we start to tell ourselves uh, mm -hmm. in trying to self-protect. Our brains are very, very smart and very, very dumb at the same time. Uh, they work very hard to, our brain works very, very hard to protect us and to keep us safe uh, emotionally and physically. But sometimes in keeping us safe, it doesn't realize that we're not in danger anymore. And so it keeps doing the stuff that it was doing to keep us safe, which is now becoming harmful in our non-dangerous lives. Mm -hmm. In relationships, right? We've been in da dangerous relationships. I mean that in all forms of the word dangerous. And then when we're not in a dangerous relationship or in a healthy relationship, our brain keeps acting like we're in a dangerous relationship. And so shadow work allows us to explore why do I still think that I'm in danger? What about this moment, this time, this space 
you know, in a relationship, what about being vulnerable makes me feel like I'm in danger, makes me scared. Mm -hmm. What is it that I'm afraid will come up in vulnerability that surely this person won't want to hear or can't handle because someone else told me that and I ingrained it as truth. Mm -hmm. And so I think my (laughs) obsession with shadow work has really come from, I'm just so fucking tired of not liking myself. Like, like I really hit a point maybe midway last year where I was like, I'm so pandemic exhausted that I do not have the capacity to be mean to myself. Like I just, my brain is like so fucking tired of thinking about people who won't wear masks that like. I know I'm better than those people. Like, <laughs> I cannot gas my, gaslight myself into believing <laughs> that I am somehow a worse person than someone who literally won't put a fucking cloth <laughs> over their face. Sorry, living in Texas and dealing with the pandemic has been oh wild. Um, our governor has just decided it's over and everything's open. So uh, I have a lot of feelings on the subject. <laughs> Um, but the silver lining to that was, you know, it kind of bullied me into doing some more, some deeper shadow work. I think when you're healing from trauma, you inevitably do shadow work because there's a lot of pain and grief that trauma survivors take on because of their, their perpetrator. Um, and so in order to absolve yourself of the guilt that maybe you feel for someone who felt no guilt and no shame, you have to go into shadow work because you have to explore like, what are the awful things you're telling yourself that must be true because of someone else's bad deeds and and transgressions. Um, but going beyond that, like that, it's fucked up, but it's like, that's almost surface level shadow work because that's the stuff that is living right at the surface and you have to learn how to navigate just to function. And that's not to say that it's small and that it doesn't matter because it very much does and it's very important. But the way that we continue to evolve is once we've figured out how to tell our brains that we're safe, that this is a safe environment, a safe place, a safe person or whatever, whether that's with a peer, a partner, a therapist, a, a reader, whoever, once we figure out that we're safe, actively choosing to then go deeper into the shadow it has to be a conscious choice is like how you do like some of that deep excavating and healing of just like old wounds and scars emotional scars that you've been carrying for whatever how long and so yeah I think in the last year or so my brain just got so exhausted by external stuff that like I internally couldn't exhaust myself. Mm. (laughs) Like I was like, we don't even have the energy to do this. Like I would love to stand in this mirror and like berate you for like being a dumb bitch, but like, nope, can't do it. Like (laughs) (laughs) She's tired and she's surviving a global pandemic. So honestly, you're a great bitch. Like (laughs) 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 you are that bitch. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I, I think that was sort of the the moment of, I don't even know if this is really a question, but like the moment that I was like, oh yeah, shadow work, like that's, that's a thing that we are digging into. Um, I mean, also, you know, at the beginning of the year, I, or at the end of last year, I finally fucking finished my Saturn return Ooh, and like, God, that felt good. <laughs> like talk about shadow work. <laughs> But yeah, like I had just spent the last few years having to excavate all of the deep, dark parts of myself. And so 
at the end of last year, finally got to look back and say like, oh, you did do all of that. And like you survived and like, nobody hates you. No one's mad at you. I mean, that's not true. Someone hates me and someone's mad at me always. <laughs> it's like every Leo, we're always convinced we have like a flock of fucking haters. Um, but you know, like no one that I uh, deeply care about. No one, like my, my partner doesn't hate me, my family, my chosen family, like, you know, no one hates me, no one's mad at me. And there are people who know the dark parts. There are, I know the dark parts and have lived to tell, tell the tale. So like, I think, and that same thing that we were talking about earlier of like, this worked for me. So I want to learn more about it and like share it with other people. And hopefully it works for them. I think that's shadow work is kind of that thing for me right now of like, oh, turns out I did do a lot of it and learned a lot of it and learned a lot about myself. And I'm not mad about it. <laughs> so maybe I should tell more people like, do you guys know that you can learn about the worst parts of yourself and still love yourself? Like what? <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. So what does your shadow work practice look like? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, um, definitely involves tarot. I think that's probably been the most successful medium for me, um, getting into shadow, a lot of asking the cards about what's unseen, what wants to be revealed. Um, journaling really works for me. Uh, so often what I'll do is like when asking those questions, pull a couple cards, whatever feels right. I've been kind of going like spreadless lately in my personal practice. Um, so just like pulling a few cards until I feel like I don't need to pull anymore or until the cards have firmly been like, we're not going to tell you the answer you want. <laughs> Both of those things happen. Um, and then writing about it. And, you know, when the, when the devil comes up, what does that mean for me in this moment to know that maybe I'm trying to exert power in a way that is unhealthy or exploring and if that doesn't feel like it resonates, then exploring the other aspect of the devil of wh where do I think someone is trying to exert power over me in a way that is unhealthy and how does that feel? Um, and being really honest with myself, it's usually a lot of crying and like listening to like really sad R&B. Like <laughs> that's all very much part of shadow work. Like I, I'm, we are very fortunate in that we have a two bed, two bath apartment. Uh, seriously, come to Texas. The, that's the fun part of Texas. <laughs> People might not wear a mask, but like rent is. <laughs> you win some, you lose some. Um, and so in our second bathroom, I always joke that it's my soaking tub. Uh, and it's only because it's the one that doesn't have a shower curtain. <laughs> so I just take a bath in there. Um, but I'll put on like TV. Uh, I'll put on my like Netflix or something on my computer and sit in the tub and turn all the lights off and have like one, maybe two candles lit. <laughs> and inevitably, as soon as I get in the tub, I realize that I have forgotten something. Like I forgot my water bottle. I forgot a towel from when I got like whatever. So I have to like scream for <laughs> husband to <laughs> just come to the bathroom so I can tell him the thing that I need so that he can bring it to me and every time he's always like what are you doing like <laughs> I like are you actually like summoning something right now like what is happening um baths are part of my shadow work um and just like giving myself an opportunity to like 
relax and take care of myself every at the end of every therapy session my therapist says and what are you going to do for self-care um which used to really annoy me because I never had an answer and I realized the fact that I didn't have an answer was a problem like that was that was the point it's as if they're like fucking trained (laughs) 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 don't tell her I said that um (laughs) But, you know, like giving myself an opportunity to rest because it's really easy to avoid your shadow when you're busy. It's so easy to ignore the ways that you are talking to yourself or that people are treating you because you think that that's the way you deserve to be treated when you're constantly in motion and moving. So rest is honestly part of my shadow work. Um, And, you know, I have gotten better. I will not say that I have mastered this or figured this out, but uh, gotten better at catching myself when I do still get in those like negative talk spirals and asking myself like, why? Like, Mm -hmm. just like, just that like small challenge of like, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. And giving myself space to come up with an answer And usually for me, it's going to be an answer that justifies it. And I know that I'm justifying it. I know that I'm gaslighting myself. (laughs) I've at least gotten better at identifying when I'm doing that. And then saying like, okay, again, why? Like, (laughs) we got to keep exploring that. And so like, you know, there's a lot of talking to myself. (laughs) Spend a lot of time having conversations with myself, which I think are really conversations with my spirits. Um, And yeah, just really, I think the, the biggest part is probably my, my personal tarot and, and journaling alongside that. And then just giving myself opportunities to rest and reflect. And like, sometimes like, like, I feel like I sound really like dark and brooding. Um, sometimes it's not that deep. Sometimes it really is like, I'm just going to sit on this couch and like watch a couple episodes of Married at First Sight. <laughs> because like my brain needs two hours to stop moving. Like, <laughs> and like, you know, like I was saying, like you, you can't think about that stuff when you're in motion. And so sometimes the self-care aspect of it, the self-care is what allows me to do sh- shadow work, right? Cause that's the part that makes me feel safe and nurtured and cared for. And that's the only way you can do shadow work. And so, you know, sometimes the self-care is like, all right, I need like an hour or two of just trash. So my brain can like turn off and reboot. And then when we come back online, we can be like, oh, you were really tired because like you were being unkind to yourself or because someone was being a dick to you in a meeting or because like, because like family is hard or like, you know, whatever it may be. And then like, that makes you like, that triggers this pattern. And so kudos to you for interrupting the pattern. What can we do to interrupt it sooner? Like, you know, like those are the questions my therapist gives me to like ask myself. I'm not going to pretend like I came up with that on my own. (laughs) Um, And therapy is shadow work. Like that's all therapy really is. Like once you, again, once you get past the like immediate trauma stuff and you're like, I'm just kind of out here functioning and want someone to help me function better. Like it's all shadow. She's just constantly questioning why I do things. (laughs) rude (laughs) (laughs) I love the what can we do to interrupt it sooner I think that was that was for me definitely because I'm at the point where I notice myself going through different cycles where it'll just be like I'm in the same situation but like with different people and with like a different context and I can clearly see how I've been in this situation multiple times before 
and the what can I do to interrupt it sooner is the question that I definitely need to be asking myself because I always know afterwards that okay I just did that thing again that I always do but like how can I get ahead of it is is the next step you're nodding <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't. I'm saying for myself, not for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I get it. <laughs> like that very, that is also true for me, obviously. Of like, oh, right. We're just playing out the same game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. I, I, I recognize the pattern. <laughs> like what now? Right. Oh my, <laughs> the number of times I've been like, I recognize the pattern. What more do you want from me? Like, I don't. <laughs> I don't understand why I have to do more. And they're like, girl, you have to move past, you have to break the pattern. Like when we say we are breaking generational patterns, we mean breaking, not just acknowledging. <laughs> right, right. But I'm tired and I want to eat pizza. <laughs> mm-hmm. Me, that time we ordered a pizza at midnight earlier this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'd be like that. Look, some, yeah, sometimes just it'd be like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Do you have a last question? Mm, okay, I have kind of one that you kind of touched on because I wanted to ask about the difference between what you call shadow work and like what you said in the beginning about like that healer that came and just touched you and like everything came up from like past lives and everything. Like, would you consider that shadow work or is that separate? Like, do you need that first to be able to do shadow work? Um, I don't know that you necessarily need it first. Uh, However you come to it is how you come to it. Uh, I do see them as different. Part of, for me, part of shadow work is like consent is like you actively saying like, I want to engage in exploring these pieces of myself. Um, And whereas like in like my own, like like going to see someone for like cranial sacral or even just going to see someone for Reiki or another tarot reader, um, like unless I'm asking about shadow, sometimes you come in being like, I need to be dragged today. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) And the cards are like, we know. Um, But I think otherwise it's just sort of like, your like higher self doing some work for you and like it's it's that unconscious piece and so I think where we transition from unconscious into shadow is when you actively say like I want to go into the dark part versus like like, oh something dark or something traumatic like came up and I was able to work through it still great still important still necessary um and so while I don't think you have to do one before the other, I think doing that piece first helps because you have learned some coping skills some self-soothing skills. Uh, you're a little more familiar with like, what does it, what does it feel like? How do I stop myself in the cycle earlier, right? Of disassociating, of, of you know, like falling into like negative harmful habits, right? And so I think it's helpful when you can go in this, in this trajectory of, so first I just allowed myself to feel and get to the other side. And then I allowed myself, I gave myself permission to actively engage with something that might not feel good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I hope that answered it. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Yeah. How can people, oh. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to Oh, dope. (laughs) Well, we love you and I'm sure everyone else loves you and is wondering how they can get a hold of you, how they can follow you, work with you, all the things. 
Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sarita Fonta, S-E-R-I-T-A-F-O-N-T-A. It's a lot of vowels. <laughs> um, and yeah, follow me, DM me. I'm on there. Um, you can find my website and more information about my different offerings, what I've got going on, other events, workshops that are coming up. Um, saritaf.com, S-E-R-I-T-A-F as in Frank.com. Um, yeah, I, I'm on the internet. Uh, I know, look, I am excited for a world without COVID where we can leave our homes again, but I also am not willing to give up like the internet life because it works out well for some of us. <laughs> yes. You can um, have both. <laughs> you also mentioned you're having a podcast coming out soon in the chaos. Yes. You want to share a little bit more about that? Oh my God. Yeah, I would love to. We are actually recording our very first episode this weekend. Yay! Um, this weekend, as of when we're recording this now, who knows what will be happening by the time this comes out. Um, <laughs> um, but it's called uh, In the Chaos Podcast. Um, I, it will also be co-host myself and one of my great friends, uh, Cal Cade. Um, they are a non-binary queer person in politics uh, from rural East Texas, working in D.C., mm. coming back to Texas soon, hopefully. Um, and so we are going to talk about magic and witchiness and politics and activism and pop culture and dumb shit. Um, it's really going to be, I mean, probably a lot more of this, um, <laughs> our own, uh, journeys in kind of self-discovery and figuring out who we are and what we stand for, um, and what parts of ourselves we like to share with the world. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I, I hope you guys know you'll be coming. So great. Glad we did not talk. Um, <laughs> please, I just, please don't make me beg. Um, but yeah, so that's going to be launching soon. Um, you can follow me and Cal to learn more about it for when that comes up. Um, but yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Oh my God. Okay. Also, this is a very selfish question because I would like to book with you, but if I were someone other than me and I wanted to book with you, how would I go about doing that? Is that a possibility? <laughs> that is a possibility. Um, and the best way to book with me is to go to my website. My email is on there. I can uh -huh. also just tell you it's saritafonta at gmail.com branding. Um, <laughs> email me, let me know what you're interested in, and we will schedule from there. Because um, I keep everything in a paper planner, because that's who I am. It's color-coded. It's <laughs> that Capricorn stellium, really. Yeah, I was like, that's like you. <laughs> <laughs> I have it in my phone. I'm not like a total, just rogue out here, but like, I really <laughs> like my personal planner. And so when I schedule stuff, I need to sit down with it and make sure that I've got double booking. Um, but yes, if you go on my website, my contact information is on there and you can email me a whole book. Cool. Amazing. Okay. So you have tarot sessions, you have Akashic, Akashic record sessions. Mm -hmm. What other kinds of things? Uh, yeah. So I've got tarot, Akashic record, and then I have a new fun third option that I'm excited about. And I'm just kind of calling it like consulting. Um, and so it's a little bit of like a choose your own adventure. Like we can talk about stuff. Uh, we can talk about stuff. Uh, if you're working on a project uh, and you need a thought partner, someone to talk you through it, we can do that. If you are trying to figure out how to inject some magic or just like some more like 
holistic uh, gentleness into a project. We can talk about that. Um, if you are trying to just like suss out like what comes next, like we can talk about that. Um, we'll probably bring in some of the cards uh, and just some other intuitive stuff, but it's really just kind of an hour for you to be like, hey, I just want to talk to you about this thing and like get your thoughts on it. In 2021, everyone, I hope you're listening. We are not picking people's brains. <laughs> if you want their thoughts, opinions, and feedback, okay. pay them accordingly. <laughs> everyone, all of your friends. <laughs> just Rewind. tell your friends. I don't know if that's you. I don't know if that's someone you know. Just make sure everyone knows. Like we are going to respect each other's talents uh, and respect each other's gifts. And look, capitalism fucking sucks. Payment can come in many forms and that's for you and that person to talk about, but we are going to honor each other's gifts and works. Yes. That's right. Exchange, exchange, exchange. Oh my yes. God. Okay. I love you so much. Thank you for coming onto the podcast. Of course. This was so much fun. <laughs> you actually got recommended again. Like <laughs> I'm truly honored. <laughs> so I don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah this was beautiful thank you for everything and i hope you have a beautiful weekend and i can't wait to listen to your podcast oh my goodness yes i'm super excited um and also just excited to listen to this and everyone it's the spring equinox this weekend it's gonna be airy season pisces season will finally be done <laughs> i'm so excited it'll be a new year energetically speaking Yes. I'm ready for winter to be over. Um, but yeah, have have a great weekend. Have a great uh, turning of the seasons. <laughs> My thing. We'll see you on the gram. Right. Bye. 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 Love y'all. Love you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Intuitive Wellness. If you enjoy this content, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews really help us reach more people. And as a thank you for a review, we will gift you a free intuitive wellness meditation and journaling prompts to help you prioritize intuitive wellness in your life. Before you hit post on your review, take a screenshot and submit it to the form in our show notes. We'll get back to you with your goods. Until next time, remember that healing yourself is activism.